Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment and hosted by me, Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace. So as most would be aware, last week the Labor government announced their federal budget for the 2023-2024 financial year, uh, which included the first budget surplus in 15 years. So through this, we've seen some changes, we've seen some new things introduced, uh, but what does this mean for property investors? So today, to discuss it further, I am joined by two TPM team members. So the first is Aaron Best. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Which hat are you wearing today, Aaron? Because you you tend to wear a lot of expert hats. Uh, Probably member experience director. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. And a bit of a political expert as well. Political expert. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And my second guest today is mentor team director, Herman Bernardi. Welcome, Herman. Thanks for having me, Phoebe. Of course. So guys, let's get straight into it. What has been the aim of this recent budget and is it likely to impact the property investment sector? In terms of it affecting the property investment sector, um, I don't think it actually will. If you look at a couple of the policies that they've um, implemented, particularly the 15% towards your deposit, the government is essentially telling us that property is going to continue on growing, right? Um, If they are willing to put in 15% now and then they want to return on that investment, people much smarter than us know that the property market is going to keep on growing. Um, Mm. I think it It's also maybe not the smartest idea for government to be disinvolved in property investment, particularly residential property investment, because if you look at property prices, supply and demand is really what drives the growth. Um, And now you've added another big player into the property investment sector that's essentially going to bring more people to the market. And we still haven't fixed our supply chain issue or our supply issue. when it comes to property. So I don't think it's actually going to affect or it will affect the property market, but nothing different to what we've seen over the last decade. Yeah, the the government in this budget have come out saying that they are trying to target the cost of living, um, but they are also very conscious of not furthering inflation. Um, and so there is a few policies in there that are targeted at property investment and things like uh, affordable housing through the, the rent to buy scheme and things like that. But they're not specifically targeted at individual investors, which is something that previously the Labor government and the Greens particularly have been advocating for. But in most cases, have they, they've abandoned those kinds of policies. Um, 
which target more individual investors. Uh, the, the budget this year is focusing a little bit more on big picture organizations and people's um, individual cost of living. Yeah. And just before we move on uh, to my next question, what is the 15% that you just mentioned, Herman, for anyone who's not actually aware of what that is? So if you're a first home buyer and you want to buy a PPR um, to, to live in uh, and you've got a 5% deposit, the government up to a certain level um, will give the other 15%, which means you get to avoid um, alumni um, mm-hmm. for that purchase. Now, it's not, not quite as simple as that. So if you buy a property for 500K and they put in 15% and that property then grows to 800K, they want 15% of 800K back. Okay, mm-hmm. So they, they are essentially telling us that we're willing to invest in the property market because we know it's going to keep on growing. Yeah. So um, I... I think I actually spoke to the broker that we use, Chelsea, um, and in terms of um, how that's going to affect people building wealth in the long term, it's a few issues that people should be aware of in terms of refinancing and what you can and cannot do for property like that. Um, if you've listened to any of our previous podcasts, capital growth is how you build a property portfolio, and that's mm-hmm. really going to kind of stun that a little bit. Yeah. And Aaron, you mentioned just before that previously the federal political parties have all had quite specific policies targeting investment as a way to improve housing affordability. What is each party's stance currently? Uh, so in particular, when it comes to property investment, um, the things that the political part, the federal political parties are trying to take aim at usually are negative gearing, capital gains tax and uh, the the ability to increase rents and, and those sorts of things. So prior to the last federal election, um, or sorry, two, two federal elections ago, uh, Labor came in with a policy where they were going to um, reduce your ability to claim negative gearing and reduce the concessions that uh, property investors can have for capital gains tax when they are selling their investment properties. Um, after losing that election to the Liberal National Party, they have since abandoned those policies. The Greens, on the other hand, want to kind of put those those ideas on steroids. Um, they came out saying that they want to abolish capital gains tax concessions and they want to abolish negative gearing entirely, which would really make property investment a lot less appealing for a lot of investors. Um, which would in turn mean that we get a tighter rental market. Less investors mean less rentals, means that the cost of renting goes up. Um, that's the other thing that the Greens want to try and do is put a freeze on rents. Um, as we've seen in the last 12 months, the mortgage repayments are increasing quite significantly because of the interest rate rises that are coming through. And we're now starting to see that flow on effect into rental increases. But as we had Luke himself talking on the project a couple of weeks ago about the fact that the average uh, mortgage has increased by around $800 a month, whereas rental increases are averaging around $300 a month. So at this point, landlords are still wearing the brunt of a lot of those um, increases. So policies like a rental freeze would make it even less appealing for landlords to enter the market and less likely that we will have more affordable renting in the future. 
Mm. Yeah, in terms of how they are helping affordable housing, they've always been doing it through tax um, tax cuts for investors because the government doesn't want to take the space of being a a landlord essentially to to the population. Um, so that's how they motivate investors, mum and dad investors, to essentially go out there and provide rental properties. Um, in my opinion, if we're looking at affordable housing, right, giving people money to go and buy houses does exactly the opposite it drives prices up because there's more people in the market we really need to be kind of not looking at the federal government when it comes to the supply issue and start looking at local government and seeing whether um, applications like development applications and things like that go through state governments instead of instead of local governments because like Luke Harris just did a development up here in Early Beach and the amount of red tape and costs involved in actually putting new houses on the ground is is a deterrent for a lot of developers um, so I don't think either major party um has a really solid plan on how to fix affordability until they can figure out how they can fix the supply chain issue. Yeah. And just before we get to this government uh, proposing incentives for developers to support um, more affordable housing, Aaron, why did Labor actually abandon its negative gearing and capital gains tax policies prior to the most recent federal election? Uh, so, uh, as I mentioned, uh, a few elections ago, the Labor government went in on a, a policy of going hard against capital gains tax, negative gearing, and things like franking credits on investments. And what they kind of realised was the the demographic that they are going to be impacting with those changes is your, your mum and pop investors. It's not um, investors that have million dollar portfolios they they will weather that storm but those people who have maybe one or two investment properties which represents 95 percent of investors um will will feel that squeeze and they'll probably end up wanting to sell their property they won't want to hold it anymore because they're no longer getting the tax benefits of it so they they instead abandon those policies in favor of uh, allowing those mom and pop investors to continue to have the benefits of investing in property yeah okay oh, i totally agree with that i think um you run the risk if, if you've got all your mom and dad investors who are barely affording their investment properties at the moment all of a sudden lose all of their tax benefits right what you're going to have is you're going to have mass sales lots of people are going to put lots of property onto the market and then we've got the opposite than what we've got now we've got more of a supply than a demand um, for it and then australia's biggest asset class will fall it will mm. f- fall down and um your mortgage is still going to be the same as what you originally bought it for so i think if you look back in history every single political party that has run with negative gearing has lost just about okay and the government is proposing incentives to developers to support more affordable housing under their build to rent scheme what what is that and and how does it differ from regular investment properties so a build to rent scheme is mostly sky rises and it's where the developer essentially builds the properties for the intention of renting it out in the long term um, rather than um, building it to sell it mm-hmm. now if you actually go and do a little bit of research about these um, build to rent uh, the ones that are on the way already um, they 
they're really fancy developments with pools and gyms and um, co-working spaces and all of those kind of things. So I don't see how that's going to, um, and if you also look at the locations, then South Yarra, then um, Brunswick, then all these really expensive suburbs to rent in, right? If the governments are pumping money into projects like that, you're not going to get a cheap rent from there. Right, because there's maintenance for the pools, there's maintenance for all these extra things that come in um, to the equation, and the the developer is not going to carry all of those costs, right? So, from the research I've done, from the rent to build projects that's currently happening in Australia, do yourself a favor, just Google it and look at the types of projects that that they're putting on the ground. It's not going to give cheaper cheaper rent, and and unlike regular developments where the developer will build a property and then on sell each of the individual apartments to individual investors who will then rent it out. This is the single developer requiring uh, being required to hold the property for 10 years after it's been built and rent it out on their, uh, themselves, which means that the, the development company is the one that's going to be profiting from any of that rental income, the depreciation, which is where their, their renter build, um, uh, scheme is being boosted. They're offering better depreciation incentives to developers who build rent to build um, projects. Uh, they will that that will be a benefit to that developer. It's not a benefit to individual investors. To again, those mum and pop investors who who make up the majority of um, our our property ownership investment property ownership market. Mm. Yeah, I'll just add to that as well. Like we already. Most people are not going to be able to comfortably retire on their super. That, that's a fact. Most of the people I speak to on, on a daily basis do not have enough money in their super to have a comfortable retirement, right? Now, you are taking that opportunity away from your mom and dad investors and giving it to big corporations, right? That mm-hmm. opportunity to build a portfolio and create a passive income for yourself in, in, in retirement. Instead of, you should be incentivizing the individuals to, you should be incentivizing people to invest more so that they can set themselves up for the future rather than incentivizing big business to do so. Um, yeah. And then also actually having a look at these rent to build schemes Phoebe, can you put a link? There's a website. Can you put a link in this podcast? And mm-hmm. I'll show you. I've got a list of all the ones. Mm-hmm. They're like, I would love to live there. It'll probably <laughs> cost me $800 a week to do so. Yeah. You know? All right. I'll be sure to add that link in the show notes for you. <laughs> and and all these poor listeners in Sydney, they're like, $800 a week. That's pretty cheap. <laughs> that sounds cheap, yeah. <laughs> Here at The Property Mentors, we have decades of experience investing in property. We know what to look for and what kind of impact it can have on your portfolio. We have access to brokers, accountants, and property managers to make sure your portfolio performs. Visit thepropertymentors.com.au to learn more. Aaron, you mentioned previously about the Greens doing a national freeze on rents, right? We already have these things in place, right? There's already restrictions on how many times a landlord can increase their rent in a certain period of time, right? So for the Greens to say these mom and dad investors 
who have sacrificed the last five, six years to get a deposit together so they can go and buy an investment property, right? And then we get interest rate rises after we've been promised they'll be kept at, at, at a certain level for the next three years, right? How is it fair to put all the owners on, on that property owner? But why should they cover all that cost? Mm. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm actually a green supporter, except when it comes to anything to do with money <laughs> kind of thing, because it's just so far to the left. And and we're seeing that a lot in um, a, a lot of people who are experiencing hardship because of mortgage repayment increases. And if they are already in a, a long-term lease where they they can't afford to make repayments and they can't increase their rent, then they just choose to sell instead. And if there are rent freezes put in place, it's going to incentivize more property owners to sell their investment properties than it is going to be them hold on to it and, and maintain an affordable rent for their, their tenants. Mm-hmm. It also opens it up like with the real estate industry has worked really hard to get that balance between landlord and renter, um, mm. to get that balance between that relationship a little bit more equal, right? If, if you're going to start doing things like that, right? You mess up that balance, right? Because now there's a third party involved, right? That basically dictates how you can run your property. Now, at the end of the day, you've got your mortgage to pay and that's your first and only responsibility is to pay that mortgage. Otherwise you default and you can never buy property again in your life. Mm. So what do you do for the rest of it? So I don't think governments should be getting involved with with the corporate world in that in, in that way. Mm, okay all right well guys i think i know the answer to this and i'll just sort of finish off with both of you answering this one but do you have any advice to someone thinking about getting into the property market right now aaron i'll start with you uh so uh, as we often kind of say the 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 biggest impact on your uh your property portfolio is how long you hold it so time in the market is more important than timing the market we mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we did an episode on the the current interest rate and the the outlook for inflation and we briefly touched on the fact that property prices are starting to recover from last year's slump so i think anyone who is interested in getting into the property market should do so as soon as they are able to rather than sitting on the sidelines and and trying to find an opportune moment because they won't know that the opportune moment was there until they've missed it. Mm -hmm. And Herman? Um, I totally agree with everything Aaron just said. Um, Governments are going to change. Government policies are going to change. So your decision-making should be in the long term, not in the short term. So um, you should not be making decisions just based off what the government of today is saying right? Um, We need to be looking at the other things. Are we spending money on infrastructure? Yes, we are. Is our population growing? Yes, it is. Um, There's a couple of things in that budget that's absolutely amazing about renewable energy. That's going to bring immigration, skilled immigration to Australia, more money. Um, So um, I think I asked this question to the people I speak to. If you could have bought a property 10 years ago, would you? And unanimously, it's a yes. And mm. I reckon if I ask that same question in 10 years, it's going to be the same um, same answer. Yeah, that's very true. No, I think that's solid advice from both of you. Well, guys, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you. No problems. Bye. If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people 
on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you're ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au.